everyone, and welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast, episode 130, your weekly podcast covering everything Magic the Gathering related. You can find us on Google Play, iTunes, mtggoldfish.com, and now on YouTube. Joining me, as always, the crew, Richard, the owner of MTG Goldfish. What is up, Richard? Hey, guys. Good to be back. Good to have you back, Richard. We missed you. Uh, Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, our resident jank brewer and all-around content creator for Magic the Gathering. Seth, what is up? What's going on, guys? What is up? Uh, Chaz, as always, joining you, uh, all-around content creator and focusing on the financial aspect of the game. Uh, on today's docket, we have the pre-release, uh, Amon Ket, or Hour of Devastation, rather, uh, the pre-release, which I attended and no one else attended, so... Thank goodness for that. <laughs> we have something to talk about. <laughs> um, the San Diego Comic-Con 2017 promos were released. We will discuss that. Um, that will bring us into the Cat Commander for the new upcoming Commander 2017 Tribal Commanders. Has been leaked, revealed, uh, wh- whichever you want to call it. And uh, there was one more on my list. Uh, there was Fishmail. And am I forgetting one? Uh, the EV of yes. Hour of Devastation. Seth released an EV article for Hour of Devastation, so we briefly wanted to discuss that as well. So, a lot to talk about. Uh, let's just jump right into the pre-release, which uh, uh, I guess Moto pre-release is this week? No, next week? Uh, right now, it started today, actually. Oh, started today. So, you should probably jump on and uh, try it out. I would really urge you to do so. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I attended the paper pre-release at midnight uh, because that was pretty much the only one I could make. And I have to say, Amonkhet was fun, but I really loved Hour of Devastation plus Amonkhet. Um, Again, right off the bat, I still don't understand, and I'm sure there will be comments, I I don't understand why they chose 4-4 for Eternalize. I'm sure there's reasoning, and I I probably missed why they did that. But, uh, yeah, Eternalize was really scary at, overall as a mechanic, even more so than Bomb, because you never want to kill anything with Eternalize, especially, like, the one-mana 1-1 one, one in blue that I, like, trashed on. Almost, like, <laughs> trashed on me. So, <laughs> I, uh, it, it, was, it was interesting, but there were some really great overperformers one of which uh, I know we talked about, Seth, uh, and, and also you, Richard, when we talked about the individual cards in our uh, Torment of Hailfire, I have seen decimate players because normally there's not many counterspells. I mean, some people were running Supreme Will, which is great because it's overall an awesome card. But if Torment of Hailfire like, went off with, you know, without being checked, it was, it was pretty brutal. Um, the gods this time around were pretty tough to deal with. I mean, outside of... I think there's only, like, a couple exile mechanics. Uh, once a god entered the battlefield and you couldn't, like, you couldn't remove them, it was pretty much game over. Not just because, like, they took over the game from their regular abilities, but also because they just took over just longevity-wise because you couldn't kept, keep removing them. Um, I, I know I went to the pre-release with uh, a friend of mine and must have killed the Scarab God at least six or seven times and still <laughs> lost. So it was really tough uh, once um, the Amon, or the Hour of Devastation Gods came down. And the, like, the synergy between some of the Hour stuff, like, Green was really strong in Amonkhet, 
And then it felt like it got even better in hour because curving out Ronas into Samut, and I know people don't really like Samut that much, but wow, that was brutal. Uh, I was on the receiving end of that, and that was my only loss for the night, and it was completely insane. Like, I, well, I, that's two mythics, though. But, yeah, I mean, obviously it's, it's, it's insane if your opponent yeah, curves die. two mythics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's uh, true. But Did you open anything, I mean, Hazaret was pretty much like the only mythic, other mythic you can curve out into, and I guess it was not as bad, but Samut just made it in, insane. So, other than Wait, that, and then it, new, it kills... New Samut? The new Samut, yeah, the, the, the planeswalker. planeswalker. Yeah, oh. it's not it's not really it's not really horrible and limited. I know that's not saying much, but it deals with a lot of different stuff. Like I know um, I played blue red, which was really odd for me, but I opened up garbage as usual, so I just had to go with what <laughs> I what I had, which oddly enough is always curator of the mysteries. I always open that card, and uh, so I just rolled with it. I had really a really good. Uh, blue red deck. Um, I had two of the uh, 04 walls that ping too. Those things are awesome. Um, and I curved into what was my mythic? I had curator. Oh, and a Unesh. So actually, that was like really sweet. Uh, but yeah, I I couldn't beat like super aggro red green. It really sucked. <laughs> so did you open? your masterpiece avatar of woe in your prize packs no i did not open <laughs> the horror show that is uh a specific movie i don't know if it's like pg but yeah did you open anything i opened what was my pre-release promo my pre-release promo was the green black split card i opened a unesh a curator of the mysteries and then i opened up some packs some prize packs what was in my prize packs? Obviously nothing great because I can't remember, but, uh, <laughs> which is par for the course for me in pre-releases. Um, I think that's pretty much it. No invocations. I didn't see a single invocation in the room. There was like 28 people there, so it was like really odd. But yeah. Also, really weird. D uh, Dejeru. Wait, what other? What other planeswalker? Wait. Other than Samut and... It's really hard to, like, play Dejeru and the other Planeswalkers in our. So it's, like, pretty much only Gideon or maybe Liliana if you're going black-white. It's, like, so hard to play that card. And I, I saw someone playing that. Obviously, I think they didn't do well, but um, they played it just for 5-mana 4-4 four, four Vigilance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's not. I mean, that's not horrible and limited. Not I guess great though. But it's not something you're excited about. That's like a a filler common level card. Yeah. It is a. Uh, do you think it's any good for constructed? I guess I think that's a commander card, basically. Like yeah. that's my impression. It's of it's it. like a it's like similar to the uh, what was the one in Eldritch Moon, the Lancers. Yeah, well, the Lancers. Lancers gets legendary permanent, right? Yeah. Yes. So I I kind of think like. That one's just for planeswalkers. Like it's all right. I don't know. There was just like really weird interactions that overall were awesome, but then some like didn't make sense. So I was like, if you don't open Gideon, what is the point of this card? Because it's really hard. <laughs> Samut, the planeswalkers, red green. Nissa's blue green. There's like Liliana and then Nicole Boas, 
was is Grixis. So yeah, display five color control. Come on. <laughs> oh, and before I wrap things up, I did a few people did open uh, Nicole Bolas. It was played next to me, and it was a seven mana removal spell, and it died. So not looking too great. I thought you were complaining <laughs> about Dark Intimations for a second. Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> I am complaining about um, Nicole Bolas. It's not really as good as I as I thought. And if it's, like, struggling in, in Limited, I don't. I just don't see it. It was a seven-mana oh. removal spell, and then it just dies. Like you, you missed last week, Richard. Chaz came around on Dark Intimations Wait, while what? you were gone last week. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we did. We, <laughs> why, why is it? Why is it good? A, a a listener pointed out, and much thanks to this listener, that Dark Intimations actually works with the original Nicole Bolas Planeswalk. Oh. Yes. Yeah, okay. So I was like, "Oh, all right. Now nah, it's not completely useless. Still right. mostly useless, but." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if if you haven't, I would definitely play uh, our. It, it sucks if you missed a pre-release. If you can find the time to uh, play on Moto, I would very much urge you to play the pre-release. I don't know if you're playing, Seth. Are you? Uh, I will be. Where I'm nice. going to be streaming it for our stream tomorrow night. So if you want to nice. see pre-release stream, make sure to check that out. And I'll probably try to do some uh, on my own too, just for fun. If I get a few minutes. So. Yeah. I oh, and actually, I don't know if the player again. Just another crazy interaction. I don't know if the player did that well, but they tried to make the what's the humility enchantment? Uh, overwhelming splendor. Overwhelming splendor, and then the volley. That was really cool. But I don't know if they went very far because it's like a eight man enchantment. Or <laughs> yeah, just like that. just casting that is like a miracle in itself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, green's still really strong. Black green is still really strong. Um, yeah, all the normal stuff. So that's my experience. Well, I look forward to checking it out on Modo. Moving on, we will talk about uh, the San Diego Comic Con promos that were just revealed. Earlier was it earlier today or yesterday? Yeah, today. Okay. So six planeswalkers: uh, Jace, Unraveler Secrets, Liliana, Death's Majesty, Nissa, Steward of Elements, Chandra, Torch of Defiance, Gideon of the Trials, and Nicol Bolas, God Pharaoh. And if you haven't seen the art, it's like I don't know, like wall art or whatever, kind of like the old ancient Egyptian style. Uh, what a lot of people would have thought the masterpieces would have been and the art's con- controversial some people really like it because it's flavorful some people dislike it because it's uh looks weird uh so you get those six six cards you get a nickel bolus scroll as well uh 180 dollars on the hasbro toy shop uh or also at comic-con if you go to comic-con uh so i don't know that they released the exact date yet i'm not sure i haven't looked it up but yeah i haven't seen a date i haven't seen one either but what do you guys think? Six Planeswalkers, the Gatewatch. So, so I really like the art. I think this is one of my favorite uh, SDCC promos that they've done as far as the art. I actually like it better than the zombies, so I, I think it looks really cool. I don't especially like Nicole Bolas. It doesn't really fit with the rest of the theme. I get what they're going for. Nicole Bolas is like etching the Gatewatch Planeswalkers into this wall or something. But I think they look really cool. The poster also 
looks pretty sweet. I've heard some people be upset that I guess the old ones had an art book with them of some kind yeah. or something like yes. that. But I think the poster actually looks really good as well. The big thing is 180 bucks is insane. Like that's up from 100 last year, I believe, is what yeah, I paid like when I got my 104 and some change or something like that plus shipping. So it's almost doubled. And I think this is Remember when they raised the prices on Modern Masters from 7 to 10? And it was basically like Wizards knew that they were going to sell for $10 anyway. So they were like, oh, why are we giving someone else this money when if we just charge more for it, we get some of that money? And I feel like it's the same thing. Like these are usually plus EV products. If you're lucky enough to get one because they sell out so quickly, you can usually just immediately resell it for more than you paid for it. So it feels like Wizards is trying to soak up some of that money themselves, but 180 is that's a lot, even with an extra Planeswalker. So I don't know. I'm really on the fence. Will you guys... I know last year we all bought them, or at least tried to. Will you guys buy this one for 180 if you get a chance? I believe we all did buy it, yeah. Yeah, um, we, we bought it. Ooh. Yeah, 180 is a little steep. And you're right. Uh, they're they're omitting the art book. I mean, the poster's pretty big. I think it's like 24, 26 by 34, if I recall. 24, 24 by 36. 24 it's by 36. It's a screen 36. print. Screen print. Um, so, I mean, it's and it looks nice. Uh, and you get an additional walker, but it's like... You, that additional walker is essentially the reprint of one last year. So, you're like, what do you really... Uh, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's tough because if it retails for 180, then you're going to see it on eBay for like 250. If you're yeah. not lucky enough to uh, F5 mash and get in there and buy one of these. And the walkers, I don't know. It's, it's like Chandra Torture Defiance and getting into the trials. Like, is that worth like 200 bucks to you? Like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a tougher sell. I, I wish they didn't increase the price like this. Yeah. Like, the secondary market can dictate whatever price they want, but if you get it from Wizards, it should be cheap, right? And it's it's not cheap. It's like $200 yeah. because you got to pay for shipping and tax and whatever. So, I don't know, but I have all of them. I got to finish. I got to keep the collection going, right? But <laughs> at this rate, by, like, 2022, I'll be paying, like, $2,000 for the <laughs> yeah. Guess what? We'll, you'll be... You'll have to pay $2,000 for your SDCC promos, and you'll get one deck list a week from Modo. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll still be including uh, Jace Unraveler of Secrets. Uh, that's the other uh, At this rate, uh, we should have leaks from 2020 soon, so... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Planeswalkers ah. themselves aren't that inspiring. Like, that's the other problem. Jay's Liliana Death Majesty, Nissa Stewart Developments, even Nicole Bolas and Gideon of the Trials are kind of like middling. I think Gideon will be better after Big Gideon rotates, but it's, it's kind of Chandra and a bunch of not great planeswalkers which takes away from it too i think that the planeswalkers just aren't that good yeah but last year that's pretty much what it was and then the year before like yeah they're the flip walkers but um no no last year last... was liliana yeah liliana, and then a bunch of stinkers and gideon like two mm. format staples they're pretty good and then the year before that was flip jace and that was like pretty much it and then, like, you know, Flip Nissa. Like, these cars actually had some kind of use elsewhere. Yeah, I, I, I did like the Flip Walkers, no matter what. Unraveler um, of Secrets. Like, where are you ever going to play this? <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I think at 180, I, I, I still think 
the secondary market will dictate like 300 or something like that. I do think that's what it would. I I I disagree. I think they're going to be available for longer than usual on the website and I don't think that they're going to sell for much more than Wizards is selling them for. Maybe like 200, 220, but I don't think they're going to be an extremely valuable buy this year. So so you think they're going to release more product than previously? I think they're going to be less in demand. I've heard some people, normally these are like auto buys. If you're lucky enough to get there quick enough, you just snap one up. But I actually had a lot of people when I tweeted about it say, eh, I don't know, like, I'm not all that excited for these. I think I'm going to skip it this year. So I think instead of more supply, which I have no idea, maybe there'll be more supply, but I think there might be less demand because people just seem on the fence about the art for one thing, but also paying almost double last year. I think that's really the only thing is the 180. I think people are finding excuses not to buy it at 180, but I mean, rightfully so. I mean, there's nothing wrong with this at the original price. Like, it would still be a snap buy. Yeah, and you get a scroll instead of the art book. I think the art book is much more valuable. Yeah. Because it was actually, like, a pretty hefty book. (laughs) Like, you know, there was, like, some actual stuff in there, whereas Mm -hmm. the scroll, if you're not going to hang it up, then you're never going to enjoy it. Right. But it is just the 180, I think, is really the big issue. Ah. When is Comic-Con? When is this coming out? (laughs) It's always... I think it's like in two weeks or something like that. I, I it always remember it being around like this time in like two weeks or something. So I, I always have my summer class, and I every single time in my summer class, I'm on the computer in the middle of class. Like, all right, hold on, everyone. All right, I got it. We could get back to work. I got the San Diego Comic Con promo. Everyone, all is good. Get back to work. <laughs> So, you know, just a little uh, tidbit of information there. Yeah. Um, is there anything else? And, I, I mean, I don't know the controversy. They, they are what they are. I mean, people had issues with the invocations. They'll have issues with this, too. I, I mean, I don't see... Some of it gets a little outlandish, but I can understand it being a little jarring. Would you rather have this or Amonkhet invocations? Would you rather have had this style for the Masterpiece series? This, by far. No the, doubt. Yeah, this. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm 50-50. Yeah. I, actually, I like the art, but I think the frame of the thing has grown on me. <laughs> the frame makes it look very special, even though it's not legible. So I think this art with that frame would have been the ultimate. I think m- overall these, but some cards in the Invocation like series with the border look really nice so i wouldn't trade those but overall i think these promos okay uh so we had another uh i guess for wizards unfortunate but and i don't even really know if this was a leak or a preview i don't know because the first preview of the san diego comic-con would have almost been like almost looked like a leak so uh with the low res images but um so we know of the another uh, tribal commander 2017 is a cat avatar. Uh, from this image, I can't really read it, but it's a five mana five five. <laughs> what are you reading, Chaz? It's Aravo, Roar of the World. There we go. Three I, green just this white. Image. The the deck is feline ferocity. 
So it's clearly a cat deck. <laughs> the the legendary is a cat avatar. It has eminence at the beginning of combat on your turn. If Arabo, Roar of the Wild, is in the command zone or on the battlefield, another target cat you control gets plus three, plus three until end of turn. Whenever another cat you control attacks, you may pay uh, one green white. If you do, it gains trample and gets plus X, plus X until end of turn, where X is its power. I think I need new glasses. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this thing is awesome. This thing is scary. It is really scary. Uh... I have come full eight, 180 on these tribal commander decks. I thought it was just going to be another, here's a bunch of merfolk and goblins and stuff that you've seen before, but now that they're going, like, off-color, and no pun intended, like, off-color tribal stuff, the the non-normal tribals, uh, the tribal sets, I'm really into it. And I don't know, but I think, like, the track record of command zone commanders is not good for them surviving that long because this is like almost a straight up lightning bolt oh it, it's so restricted though you gotta you gotta be playing cats it's like uh it's There's like a lot Richard's of cats out there commander <laughs> clash decks like yes it does scary things but your deck is full of a horrible tribe so it's not really i don't actually think the card is that good i what? think the card is like only There's okay no it gives your but creature I, like plus six plus six minimum for three mana you got, like, little Xenagos going. Like, it doesn't even have to be in play. You can just be in the command zone. Well, the second part is you got to do from the battlefield, right? Yeah, the battlefield. Oh, yeah, the second yeah. part you got to do in the battlefield. But the giant yeah. ghost you can do from the command zone. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's that scary, actually. I like the idea, and I like... I think uh, Cats is a cool choice for one of the tribes, but the card itself I'm kind of, eh, kind of eh on, I guess. They banned Aloro for gaining two life a turn, and it was six mana. Well, that that was really good. Yeah, <laughs> Al- but so is, really this good. is like, but this is almost a lightning bolt. No, Every you need turn, a cat yes, though. Oh, you need to attack. There's yo. I, I mean, I googled. There's a lot of cats, but they're all they're tutus. Let me let me let me show you the ways of jank tribal. You may have a lot of creatures and cards, <laughs> but they're all one ones and two twos without support. <laughs> Maybe so I'm looking at you're maybe gonna need I'm door of destinies or something. You're gonna need some like really good artifacts to pump up your cats to make them threatening. Maybe I'm looking at it from a multiplayer standpoint, but this could actually be really sick in one versus one. If you curve out, that is scary. <laughs> you're still you're playing cats. What are you curving out with? Yeah, oh my goodness. I don't understand. You're what's so what's the difference what's the difference between a one mana two two and a one mana two one in Savannah Lines? But like, I, I just mean, difference? like, your opponent's like, oh, okay, here's my Dark Confidant, and you're like, oh, here's my Silver Coat Lion. I'm going to pump that by three for free. You can't stop well, me. Well, you can just flash like, in, like, a fleece mate. Hey, uh-huh. if you're playing Dark Confidant, you're just doing me a favor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, if you curve, know. you could go Savannah Lions into the, the Pouncer, into, like, uh, Bramaz. That's pretty scary. That's, uh, that's uh, not bad cards. Uh, all right. I mean, okay. Maybe it's better than I give it credit for. You're definitely still downplaying I, it too much. I, I maybe think, I'm overplaying it, and you're downplaying it too much. <laughs> so let's meet in the middle. It's not I th- bad. Okay. I think the thing to remember is, 
unlike Loro and some of the other from Command Zone stuff, it even if cats are awesome, it still can't be as good because it forces you to be in one tribe. Aloro, you can just be like That's any true. Esper deck. So n- there's some like natural safety valves by requiring you to have a certain tribe for it to do anything. So yeah. I'm not as scared of it as like Aloro because of that restriction. Uh, cat power level aside. That that is true. I, I still am concerned because of the whole we don't like non interactive like uh, abilities like this. Regardless, yeah. If, so if it turns I, out to be a good ability, you're just gonna die first. Like when the Alaro player yeah. reveals his commander or her commander, <laughs> well, you know who's dying first. <laughs> but I I don't know. I, I don't think it's gonna be that good. But the 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 more uh, kind of wishful thing is we're going to get more cats so I'm curious as right. to see what the other cats in this deck are uh, how many uh, kind of Leonin or I don't know what cats are going with this time uh, maybe the one to cast one two cats I don't know but we'll, we'll see if they're like the house cats or like the warrior cats we'll, we'll see what it is but we're getting more cats uh, I mean if it's Amon cat we'll get snake cats we'll get Dragon cat. We, we already, we already get... have the dragon cat thing, right? Oh, it's it's Naya though. Yeah, I think so. Does this mean we have the Serpo part? That they've made it so that you can mix these decks together. Are, are there gonna be like uh, other so. re- weird creature combinations like cat dragon so that you can Ooh, actually take maybe. two of these and like slap them together? Ooh, yeah, maybe. That, that but makes the, sense. I, but again, this would have to be your commander for the eminence. Yeah, well, you couldn't <gasps> use the commander. Yeah, you'd have to get, like, some four-color commander or something. Uh. So, my question is, when they first announced the tribal themes, they said there was going to be one sort of, like, Dark Horse stack that was unexpected. Is this it? Or do you think there's still another weird tribe out there? What oh, could I, be I, more I, Dark Horse than cats? <laughs> <laughs> like, tree folk or something something really crazy this has to be the dark horse no so you think this is the weird one and then we'll get more common stuff i'm still holding out for the really really weird one that no one expected like i don't even know uh like thrall or something (laughs) it's like (laughs) tribal or something (laughs) totally out of left field like no one expects it it's like what was like oh yeah like thrall or something weird that we haven't seen in a while Oh, we're going to see Thralls, man. We're going back to Dominaria. Yes. <laughs> Telling you. I, I think I'm still holding out. Although, this would be fine, too. I think Cats got to be weird. Cats is pretty I, weird. I'd be surprised if they did something weirder than Cats. They, they still got to sell these products. Like, I don't know if you're at Walmart and you're like, oh, well, I want to play some fantasy one. game. And you're like, Cats, yes, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> they sold me on this one. This one's ridiculous. Looks like Thundercats. I, I love this. It's a very aggressive-looking kitty here, Arabo. Yeah, really sweet. I'm still, I, I, again, maybe not multiplayer. It's not that great, but one versus one. I, I kind of was thinking of some curves, which is not really that far fetched, but it's pretty, pretty nuts. You get your jungle. Uh, what's the jungle one that can't intercept? What? <laughs> can't intercept. It's like jungle lion. Yeah, jungle it's from like lion, portal yeah. or something. Yeah, one mana two one. Block? It can't block. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. cannot intercept. Richard, you should know this. Come on. I, I, I remember they have like the weird symbols of the power toughness, but why would they use intercept? Isn't blocking such a more intuitive term? Yes, but back in old days of magic, they did uh, not think this game was lasting very long, so they used some weird wording on stuff. All right. I, I, I shall not I like intercept. intercept. Yeah, shall not intercept. Um, okay. 
really quickly, Seth, what's the deal with Hour of Devastation EV? Uh, all right, so Hour of Devastation EV, epically low. Actually, the lowest, I think it's the record low, at least since I've been calculating it back to, like, Return to Ravnica era. Uh, the only set that's really comparable was Dragons of Tarkir, which is a tiny bit higher, but it's very similar to that. So, uh, basically, if you open a box right now, you're going to probably get around 70 bucks, and that's including the EV of Masterpieces. If you discount that, it drops down to like 60 bucks. so not a great deal right now to be cracking open boxes. Uh, boxes. The big question is, with Dragons of Tarkir, it was actually underpriced during pre-sales, and then ended up being a average to above average value set. A lot of the cards, uh, the Dragon Lords, for example, were really sleepers, where they were kind of written off as these casual, legendary that were kind of expensive and ended up being staples and standards. So I guess that's the question for our devastation is, is it a Dragons of Tarkir where it's underpriced and kind of underrated right now? Or is it just a bad set and overshadowed by Kaladesh block? And uh, this, it just is what it is, not a very in-demand set. Yeah, so we discussed this a little bit last podcast set. So what a couple of things really need to happen here is that there's there's obviously cars that are undervalued right now and this is all contingent on how well they do in standard but once we kind of figure out what is good in standard because the EV is so low those cards are bound to be increasing without a doubt Uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely room for stuff to increase. So once we figure out, I mean, assuming there is some stuff that breaks out, it would be very easy for a $5 Mythic to be a $15 Mythic in this set or something, just because the EV is already so low. Yeah. So uh, it, it does look bleak now, but I do think there's going to be some some uh, upside here uh, for our in terms of standard. Uh, it was actually a really good conversation and I know we talked about this a little bit, Seth, and, and, and also you, Richard. Um, some of the gods, especially in this set, being overshadowed by some things that are already, like some cards that are already in the in the format. And the Gear Hulks kept coming up, and that's a very good argument. But there is a lot of, you know, unco- like unconditional artifact removal now. You have cards like a Braid, you have these other cards that can just kill artifacts on a whim. Maybe the god, maybe the meta shifts towards playing the gods, which aren't as easily removed uh, just by low-costed artifact removal like a braid. So that 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 conversation did come up uh, at the pre-release, and I kind of you know entertained it, and it does it is a pretty good argument. Um, I still think the the gear hulks might win out, but you know the gods just being as low as they are. I mean, even the scarab god, which is very good. Is still, you know, doesn't seem like it should should be that price. And then the Locust God and the Scarab God are nowhere to be found. I mean, they're like four or five bucks, maybe. Um, and that does seem a little weird. Yeah, I don't know what to think. I... I'm really worried that Kaladesh block is just so strong and so parasitic, but the Gearhulk point, I mean, is an interesting argument. I, I can see that for some, but I still can't imagine that Torrential's going to get beat out for control decks by the Locust God. Right. Yeah, I just want to throw Underworld Cerberus <laughs> out there. <laughs> oh. you, you look at the card, you're like, 
it's so good, right? You're like, wow, like such value, like what, like so good, but turns <laughs> out like it did nothing. And like when you're an expensive card, there's not a lot of room for you in the format. So it's possible these gods see zero play, or it's possible that these gods become the next dragon lords, and suddenly they're the hottest thing. And since they're the only cards that look legitimate in the set, they become super expensive. They become your voice of resurgence or whatever. So it's uh, I don't know. It's kind of a crapshoot right now. It's like I don't know. <laughs> like, do you think these cards will be powerful or no? Because uh, undoubtedly, the the good cards in the set will spike up to cover the EV. Or, uh, you know, the set is just so bad it's not played and then it becomes like Fallen Empires or something. But we haven't seen many of those in recent years, right? So chances are there is some, there are some gems in here and something will spike up. Yeah, it's either that or the, the known cards just keep increasing. Like, Hour of Devastation goes from like a 2 to $3 card to a $7 card or something like that. Just a, a bunch of different like rares uh, just keep increasing a little bit. And that kind of covers it as well. So, but yeah, always good to talk about Underworld Cerberus. It brings back great memories. <laughs> do you do you do you still have them, Chaz, or did you I bulk do. them out by now? I do have them. They're always a reminder. So, <laughs> oh. always a reminder. Gotta know where you come from. <laughs> as I'm sure. Do you have the stack of uh, Crucible? Uh, I've actually gotten rid of some of them by signing oh. them and oh, uh, nice, sending nice. them off to people, yeah, that have asked for them. But I still nice. have some of them, yeah. Very good. Um, I think that brings us to fish mail, right, Richard? Should we quickly complain about Moto Deckless, Seth? We have some time. Uh, okay, yeah, if we have enough time. So, Wizards today... <laughs> Exactly as pre-release events were starting on Magic Online for our devastation, like almost down to the minute, released this short article basically saying, "Oh, like basically uh, we're cutting down our deck list. Release each day. They release ten random decks per format, and now they're going to release five each day. And those decks are going to be random, except there can't be any overlap, which." further takes away from any value in trying to like analyze them because you know that it's not really a a representation of what decks are doing best it's just random lists so uh, data cut in half and the reason for this is wizards uh, apparently thinks that it's solving the meta too fast and that people are bad at interpreting their bad data and drawing false conclusions about how good decks are based on their list so their solution is getting rid of even more lists so richard what was what was your thoughts on that i i just like it i mean i just like their reasoning if you want to not post deck list because you think the meta game is being solved too fast fine right like i i can see that point but to say that people were drawing the wrong conclusions because it was a random sampling of data and then they're gonna fix it by further reducing the sample size to five like it just doesn't make any sense and Changing it from random to unique decks, like, kind of just artificially makes it look like the format is more diverse than it is, right? So, like, I don't like this change because it seems like instead of fixing the format, instead of, you know, fixing all the problems we've had with standard, they're just going to hide the data and, like, cover it up and hope no one notices, which uh, I don't really like. So, I don't know. I I just don't like the change. And I think it's being done for the wrong reasons, or it looks suspicious, right? It, you know, we, coming off, like, back-to-back-to-back to back to back standard bannings, like, this is how you 
address standard like instead of making it good instead of giving lots of data so people can solve uh you try to obscure it and hide it and hope no one notices it's bad like i don't know just rubs me the wrong way the other big problem I see, and we've talked about some of this stuff before, so I'm not going to go super long, uh, but another big issue is Wizards seem to not like people relying on that data was part of what came across. Like, oh, people people take seeing lists on there as those lists having a good win percentage, and then that deck gets played more, and it skews the meta further. The problem I see, though, is without those moto lists, and with less moto lists, it feels like it's going to put even more of a focus on paper tournaments. So if a deck goes and puts four players in the top eight of a random paper tournament it's going to do the same thing. Like people are going to, because there's no other data and there's no moto or not as much moto data to point to and be like, Oh, well, yes, it did well to GP, but on moto, like we can kind of see how it's really performing on a day by day basis over the long haul. I think it's going to make decks that perform well at a GP perform well at a pro tour, do the same thing that they're trying to avoid by not publishing these moto lists and people will just naturally play to them and it'll skew the metagame towards those few decks yeah i mean i don't know it is what it is it's wizards doing weird backwards things with their digital product (laughs) at this point i'm not surprised anymore and we've talked about this at length like every every like six months they do something about magic online deck lists and data because remember like way back they used to post like 20 30 deck lists a day right and then they they cut that back to 10 you know we got used to it now they're cutting it to five and in 2020 when the comic con plane blockers are two thousand dollars <laughs> we'll have one deck list <laughs> oh, the deck list uh, will come in the comic con planeswalker <laughs> pack so, so <laughs> you got it got to spend 180 bucks to get the deck list uh, i gotta ask you richard because people have asked me this uh will this have any impact on goldfish as a site like will this change how the decks are presented or anything? I've had a few people tweet me and ask if that would do anything with that. I mean, it has to kind of because it, it, like the, the results from wizards no, will long, no longer represent kind of the top decks, right? I mean, it will to some extent, because if you have to select distinct decks and there's only so many decks, you're going to repeatedly do it. But today, if let's say, uh, you know, Marvel is dominant. You'll see like five or six out of the ten deck lists be Marvel. Uh, tomorrow, when they make this change, you'll only see one, no matter how dominant that deck is. So, in terms of metagame percent and stuff, the data will be weird. So, we'll have to figure out how to solve that going forward. Uh, the paper decks should bring it back. So, the Grand Prix decks, the Star City Games decks, uh, are actually representative of results. So, maybe that will fix it just naturally. But we'll have to figure out. Uh, what it looks like going forward but it will change how you interpret the data because it's no longer the top decks it's just a random sampling of decks that watsy decides to choose (laughs) right because it's arbitrary right they they just choose what they're going to show now can basically yeah can any day wait can they can there be days where they just post one list (laughs) i don't know what they do i know because richard brought up a good point if if there's a deck that's doing so well and they can't choose anything else, do they just post the one list that's doing well? And then that wouldn't that draw the conclusion that that's the only deck doing well? They 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 have to force their new play design team members to five zero <laughs> leagues with different decks. Oh my goodness! <laughs> okay, well uh, that's interesting. 
I don't think that'll actually be a problem, though. When you consider the amount of leagues and the amount of 5-0s that happen each day, unless the format is really skewed, even more than during Marvel and Copycat, you should have five unique okay. lists each day because the sample is like 30, 50, so it'd be very unlikely that there wouldn't be five unique lists. Well, well what I'm saying is couldn't a trend still continue if, let's just say there's three, maybe four different decks that are doing so well, um, and it's kind of like a triangle of those decks, wouldn't those similar lists be posted most days? Or maybe I'm not... Yeah, but my, I, I mean, guess is they'll go to like... Oh, this is you know a Marvel deck splashing white, and it's distinct. Oh, okay. Or you know, I think they'll. I don't think they'll just start making up results, or they'll start posting just two deck lists because I believe their goal is to show diversity. And if okay. they just show like one deck, then it's gonna look really bad, right? Right. And I guess the okay. the the fail safe is you get Paul Chi on five zero something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the only upside is, and I wish they just published all the 5-0 lists. That would be the ideal solution. But I do appreciate having more diverse deck lists out there. Like, that is an upside. It's obviously horrible for data, but it will be nice to... Uh, because some days we don't get five unique deck lists now. There are definitely days where we had, like, seven Teamer Marvel, three Zombies, and that was it. So uh, having more decks in there is nice, but it definitely crushes the ability to really analyze the data in a meaningful way. Certainly makes uh, you picking out interesting deck lists much easier. Yeah, that's what I was actually thinking. Yeah. <laughs> actually thinking about personal. <laughs> Wizard, personal Wizards benefit. is taking over instant deck tech. <laughs> they will choose yes. the five decks for us. Yes. <laughs> I, I just don't like how someone is manually choosing them. Because that means right. they can further their agenda, right? Like if Wizards thinks people are bashing Nicol Bolas too much, then they could put Nicol Bolas decks like every day for the next week. And... I don't like that. I'd rather, you know, random data. There's no bias. It's just how it is, right? All right. Uh, enough moto complaining. That's our, <laughs> that's our like, monthly moto complaining. Uh, let's move on to fish mail. So if you have questions, send them uh, to the hashtag MPGFishMail uh, to at MPGGoldfish on Twitter, and we'll try to get to them. So first question from Fiddler the Drum. What is your legacy deck of choice, and would you do legacy against the odds? Uh, we have done legacy against the odds in the past. They are few and far between, but we've done, like, squirrels. We did Battle of Wits, so every once in a while they pop up. It is a challenging format to do that for. Uh, probably Shardless Bug now, when Miracles was a thing. That's what I mostly played for fun, or some sort of, like, stone bladey deck. But I think, I haven't played in a while, but I would probably play Shardless Bug now. Uh, I play any deck with him to Torok. Like I I'm love that card that. so much. I love that card too. And I like Bob. I think Bob is criminally underplayed. <laughs> and of course, since you're playing these cards, you get to play Deathrite Shaman. So your deck is good. I, I know <laughs> it's not. I, I haven't followed Legacy that. I know at one point. I mean, I I would love playing Maverick only because it's like the only honest deck. Uh, but yeah, probably Maverick. Uh, next question from Xenos Fan Two. Since Ixalan has pirates, thoughts on returning to Kamigawa instead of Dominaria? Pirates versus ninjas. That please, please let that be a thing. Please no. I mean, yes. return to Kamigawa, okay, but instead of Dominaria, no way. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, not instead. In addition to, it could it could go Ixalan, Kamigawa, Dominaria. I'm cool with that. 
<laughs> I think a better question is what five-year-old internet meme will be the next fall magic set after Ixalan? <laughs> I'm cool Wizards. Oh. I, I don't know. I guess I'm fine with Return we to Kamigawa. We have dinosaurs and, and we have dinosaurs and like pirates. It can't get much crazier, so let's just do it. Alright, next question from VM Sullivan. Uh, has this card ever been printed? Red, deal three damage to target creature. Would it be too strong for standard if printed? Wasn't that... Uh, wasn't like Fiery Impulse pretty much that? But you had to from, have one, so there, one in your graveyard, right? No, uh, what was the Spell Mastery one from... That is Fiery Impulse. You gotta, If you have Spell Mastery, it deals three, three. damage to a creature. Yeah. They sort There's of had that. I mean, it was yeah. fine. It... But that, that requires work to turn on. That's not like a turn one bolt your creature card. Yeah, there's there's a couple that are uh, strafe, straf from, oh jeez, uh, an old set is three damage to a non-red creature. It was color shifted to Sunlance, oh, which is yeah. three damage to a non-white creature. Uh, I think so, it was like... Well, maybe it is uh, fine yeah. then. I mean, we have Fatal yeah. Push. How bad could this be, right? Yeah, come on. <laughs> we we already have one mana removal in standard, so I guess this is fine, right? We're paying a premium on lightning strike, so apparently, I don't even know. We're paying three mana for a lightning strike. Give me a break. All right, next question from Peter Pascua. Opponent on Moto Rage Quit uh, after playing Land Destruction in Casual. After uh, Peter playing Land Destruction. All my Land Destruction cards are common or uncommon. What decks are off limit? I honestly don't know what these unwritten rules of what others believe should be played. Uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's subjective. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I can see where the other person's coming from, though. If you're sitting in casual, that means you don't. You know, you're a casual player. You don't want your stuff countered or destroyed. So I can see why they would get upset. But at the same time. There's no rules saying you can't play land destruction, right? There's no rules saying you can't play counter spells. And if they're all commons uncommons, they're not particularly super powerful. So so I don't know. I think you just got a a uh, a salty opponent. Yes. So I don't think there's any rules. You play what you want. But, you know, if I they're do. your friends, you can ask them. I mean, if you're really concerned before the match starts, you can say, I have a land destruction deck. Is that okay? I think the top three things that will get people to rage quit in casual on moto are land destruction, counter spells, discard. And it's not that you shouldn't play those, like Richard said, but those are the things I think that you're most likely to run into certain people that will get upset about it. Those are probably the prime three. Although at this point, land destruction is casual. Like, there hasn't been a decent land destruction. I mean, that's that the only place you can play it. That's why you go to yeah, the casual that's what, room, that's right? That's what I'm saying, so. <laughs> Sucks. Uh, all right, next question. Band and draft. Odds of Shocklands being in either of the two upcoming Masters set. Should I sell the ones I am not using? Ooh. I, I have to think at one point they have to include these. Although they don't like cycles like that. For I get it for, like, limited. But at one point, this is going to have to be a thing. I mean, they're still pretty cheap right now. And what is the point in clogging up? the rares of these master sets yeah but every year they they creep up just a little bit and they are starting to hit that threshold of like these are starting to be like kind of expensive again i would be more worried about a future modern masters i think with the whole card pool available there's probably better options for anniversary and iconic masters so i think that it'll happen eventually but i don't think it'll be in the next two 
All right, next question from Asen Bureaucrat. How about reprinting slash completing the Mirage Fetchland cycle in standard with Bicycle Lands? Uh, what Ooh. is the Mirage Fetchland cycle? The, the like the really um, what was it like something? Uh, is it the ones that come into play tapped and then you can fetch? Yes, yeah. yes. They yep. come into play tapped and you fetch. There was like black, red. There was like enemy colors, wasn't there? They never did ally mm. colors, was it? I believe I they're just enemy. I know it was a black mm. red one, wasn't there? I think they're all. <clears throat> I think they're all ally colors. Oh, are they? Black Weird. red is ally. Oh, okay. So yeah. Oh right, black red's ally. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, messed up. I don't know. These are pretty bad, so, right? Why would Why would we need them back? I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing them reprinted somewhere, but I don't know if Wizards wants to put shuffling in standard for a not that great cycle. At least with real fetches, you're like. They're really expensive. They're going to sell this set. They're good reprints. So we can kind of like put up with all the shuffling. But I don't know if it's worth it for a random uncommon cycle of lands. All right. Good point. Uh, next question from uh, Miguel Izamat. Seems like there are a lot of issues in paper magic quality with misprints and curling. Is this the new norm? Yes. I have noticed that a lot of my hour cards are already curled. Really? Like non-foils? Yes. Yes. Um, I do non-foils curl? I'm so confused. <laughs> I don't know either, but I have like a supreme will that's like almost like a cinnamon roll. <laughs> and my, and my, uh, my friend opened a... I opened my... Mine's fine, the pre-release promo, but he opened an Amit Eternal and like, took it out and played with it. Mine's still in the case, but he played with his, and his is also very curled. And then there was a... There was even an Avon Mind Sensor that was really curled. It's really weird. But yeah. Yeah, that's that's weird. Hopefully All it's not, not the new norm. Hopefully they figure out what's not. wrong with it and get back to, yeah. you know, good cards. And they print foils that look good too. Yeah, but I did see that big Reddit thread. It's definitely true. All right. Next question from Bob Bobberson Third. Do you think the purpose of From the Vault Transform is to re- reprint double face cards since they're unlikely to be reprinted elsewhere anytime soon? I don't know what the purpose of From the Vault Transform <laughs> is, honestly. I mean, they didn't even need I a reprint. It's true. Like, it's yeah. weird. It, it is because it they're very like weird to reprint in sets. So, I mean, I it is unlikely they get reprinted soon. It's just such a... I, they're not really in demand, so I don't really know why now for this. What? Don't you want your Jace... Another crack at Jace Vryn's Prodigy? I mean, Jace is like the only good one. So, there you go. <laughs> All right. Arlen Cord, baby. Uh, at, well, what is it? The San Diego Comic Con 2017 Planeswalkers just spoiled Sunday. Where and how is the best way to get a hold of them for MSRP? So either go to Comic Con or they'll be posted on the Hasbro Toy Shop. You can buy them for 180 uh, We don't know when yet, but when we find out, uh, it'll be posted on Twitter and on the website and whatnot. So you got to wake up early and then mash F5, get in there. And check out. Uh, next question from Mahi Boat. Uh, what do you think the better name or label for content creators for MTG is? For example, Disney has Imagineers. So, what would you like your Gatewatch name to be, Seth? That's just. Oh, I I would. I'm perfectly happy with content creators personally. Uh, How about magicians? I, yeah. No. I, 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 
that causes so much confusion when you tell that to your grandmother. They expect card tricks and stuff. I've been there before. Oh, man. Every time I go somewhere, it's like, where are you going? I'm going to a magic tournament at, like, the border or something. And they're like, so you perform magic tricks <laughs> in, in front of people? I'm like, uh, I play I play cards. <laughs> and they're like, ah, uh, this, guy's, this guy's fishy. Take him, take him in the back for questioning. <laughs> yeah. I, I think content creators is fine. I'm pushing for uh, magicians. I'm, I'm sure wizards will latch onto this terrible idea and run with it. <laughs> it's like don't we, we have we, like planeswalkers? That isn't. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. All right, all right. No, no more bad ideas. All right, mean, mean <laughs> pork. Richard, how has your journey into the world of Eorzea been? Oh God, Eorzea being the Final Fantasy XIV world. Oh my goodness! It has been very time-consuming. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> very time-consuming. <laughs> uh, next question from Rectify eighty nine. Solemnity, um, Amid Eternal, Unraveling Dummy, uh, Diagraph. Mommy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Diagraph Colossus. Why is no one noticing how good Black White Zombies just got? Rectify, I am noticing. It's very good. Amid Eternal is much better than these both, these these two over here have been giving credit to. It's huge. It's just, there's so many huge zombies. And definitely it's in black. Like, black-white is looking awesome. Uh, I don't know. I'm I think... It. I think you got to have Solemnity be good against the rest of the format, which I think it is right now. So I'm, I'm willing to give it a try. But it feels like such an odd card to play to make your creatures slightly better in an aggro deck. So I don't know. But it sounds fun. I love it. All right, next question from Does It Resolve. I play Mardu and lose the Bristling Hydra. What's the best counter? Uh, Blessed Alliance to the Slaughter or something else? What is uh, the best are... sacrifice effect? I think to the, the slaughter. I mean, you have like Doomfall now. They can choose it. <laughs> <laughs> I think Blessed Alliance and to the slaughter are good. Also, Wraths are helpful if you want to go that direction. All right. Uh, yeah. Next question from Rob Bovel. Is a worse version of Brainstorm still too good for modern? Draw two, then put one back on top of the library. Seems like this is always a question. I, I I just don't understand. They ban everything that even is remotely close to brainstorm. So you just think, think about this it. is too good or no? Yeah, the, any the, this card, a card like that would definitely get banned. Listen, we're our best cantrip is Serum Visions. Like just think about that. Serum Visions, Serum Visions, whatever. It's awful. I think it's close. I think draw two, put one back is close to being okay. I don't know if it would be okay, but I think it's close enough that I wouldn't be against trying it, I guess, but it could be too good from Wizards' perspective. I mean, I see that line, but then if you compare this to, say, Preordain, is Preordain too good? It is. And it's so, gone. Yeah. <laughs> right? So this, <laughs> this has to go too, right? Yeah, it's gonna go. It would go. It's a cantrip no that could potentially draw you two cards. Or it lets you dig too deep. It's, like, better than Preordain, I think. If they ban Fetchlands, then you can have Brainstorm. <laughs> uh, Jeff Berry 17 Tinfoil Hat Theory, Watsy wants MTG to be digital, allegedly, allegedly bad cardstock, esports, digital next. 
I actually have the, the counter, the counter theory. They don't want it to be digital because their digital offering <laughs> is so bad, and they keep going backwards. I think Wizards makes way too much money off paper at this point. I think yeah. they maybe that's the long term future of Magic, like twenty years from now. But right now, I think paper is just way too profitable, and digital is too much of a mess. Yeah, there's still the everyone kind of sits around a table and plays magic uh, thing, and I, I just don't think that's ready to go yet. Like, th- there's just too much of an experience, and like Seth said, they they just profit way too much off paper. There's I, I just don't think it's time to go. I don't know. I, I, I disagree. I think they can make so much more money off digital if they wanted to. It's like comparing email to letters. You're like, well, you know, when you get a handwritten letter, there's, like, emotion in it and it feels good. But you're like, it just takes so much time and effort, right? Like, an email is, like, instant. <laughs> and it just, you can't play with your friends, but you can play anytime, anywhere, on the bus or whatever. You don't have to slot out four hours for F&M. So I think, I think they can both coexist. But I think in this day and age, like, almost everything is digital. Like, we don't even have books anymore. <sighs> Right? Like, you have a Kindle. That's the closest thing you have to a book now, right? Like, I'm sure someone could do that, but I can wizards do that? I think that's a problem. Like, it really scares me to think about wizards trying to do that because the track record with them in digital just hasn't been good. So, if it was like Blizzard or something, I would be like, oh, okay, like, that makes sense. You're good at doing this. But Wizards has proved over and over they're, like, pretty good at making paper magic and running paper magic tournaments and, like, yeah, there's little problems, but for the most part, but digital's been exactly the opposite. So the thought of Wizards trying to go all digital is actually pretty scary to me. (laughs) Hey, guys, here's Duels of the Planeswalkers. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) We've deleted everyone's photo collection because you won't be needing it anymore. Thank you. (laughs) Now, if you'd kindly ha- rehand us another fifteen dollars for your new account, that would be great. I still can't believe you need ten dollars to open a Moto I account. I can't get over it. That does I nothing. Get you can't over even it. play Moto with it. <laughs> you have I an account. You don't even have a deck. Uh, so literally, as I was waiting to do the podcast today, I was working on a deck on Moto. Someone emailed me. I just got on Moto. I want to build your Mono Black Zombies deck. I don't understand how to do this. And I literally tried to talk him through it for, like, 15 minutes, and they just, it's so confusing. They're like, I I try to do a trade, and it just starts, like, taking all the cards out of my collection. I don't know what's happening. Like, it's, it's really crazy. Like, and it just reminded me how hard it is for new people to actually, and I'm very experienced and was really trying to walk this person through it, and it's still very difficult for new people, so. They, they should give you, like, every Planeswalker deck ever made for your $10 so that you can play. And then, if you yeah. want, you can spend more money to buy, like, a standard deck. But right now, you pay $10, they give you, like, a random bunch of commons and uncommons, which you can do nothing with. <laughs> and then, like, you're like, there you go. Enjoy. Like, that should at least be free. <laughs> that experience of misery should be free, not $10. Well, that's always a great place to <laughs> cut it off. Oh, we're back to Moto <laughs> complaining. How did we get here? Who baited us? <laughs> Fish mail questions. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that's it, right, Richard? Yep, that's everything. All right, well, thanks for sending those in. Uh, we are strapped for time, so that's going to have to do it for this week. Uh, this is going to be the MTG Goldfish crew signing out. We will see you all again next week. Take care, everyone. Take care, everyone.